Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What were our names? We used to always have names on St. Patrick's Day. Patio Furniture and Pat McGroin. Oh, boy. Those were unfortunate days. We've grown since then. At least one of those Pats got canceled. (laughs) Right. And quit with the cultural appropriation, by the way. It's insulting. It's a culture, not a costume. Huh? I don't... You and your racist leprechaun talk? So this is one of the biggest drinking holidays of the year. Might even be the biggest at this point. Uh, but I don't suppose there won't be uh, quite the festivities most places. From my time in the beer sales industry, Fourth uh, of July was, was okay. beer Christmas. Beer Christmas, yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's hotter, so you know you got people not only wanting to get their drunk on, but you know they're thirsty. Well, and you have the day off. You don't have St. Patrick's Day off. I think that plays a major role. Um, if you're trying to have a good time, just come no matter what. I've said yep. that myself. I've had a lot of great times on St. Patrick's Day uh, evenings at various places or running around, but um, probably not a lot of that in most states. Or am I wrong? Most places are open now. I, I don't think bars. Bars are a lagging indicator, aren't they? Oh, correct. Yeah. And, uh, and, and most places aren't that open. Uh, we got a nice note from a chap in Iowa who spent uh, an enjoyable evening listening to a band and drinking and hooting and hollering indoors in Iowa. So they're open for business, which is uh, just exciting. It's great. I, it seems like an impossible dream. It, 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 it almost sounds to me like a guy talking about what it's like to be an astronaut. I think, wow, that's cool. I'll, I'll never get a chance, but thanks for sharing. You know, it feels like that's gone forever. Right. It does. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Boy, my computer's being weird today. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about how uh, the Biden administration has announced that they uh, are going to enact a gigantic tax cut. It's kind of in the planning phases. They're running various tax things hike? up the flagpole. Ta- yeah, tax hike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to simultaneously, there it is, uh, the, fix my computer. And, claiming the biggest tax hike in 30 years. Claiming proudly the biggest hike, tax hike in 30 years. Right. tax and, hikes are very popular for some crowds as long as it's on the rich. Exactly. And one of the things I want to make the argument for, and it's not because of any sort of, we inevitably we talk about this sort of stuff, and you guys, we get the emails, you guys are, you guys are successful, and so you just don't want to pay taxes and blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the great techniques of politics and, and siphoning more money out of the economy and into the pockets of politicians and their cronies is you pit groups of people against each other, and you convince them that if uh, you know we're on your side, we're going to stick it to the bad guys. And it's it's very much like the old fable about the, uh, the, the two farmers arguing over the cow sue each other. One farmer pulled on the tail, the other pulled on the horns, and the lawyer milked the cow. Well, the government milks the cow. I would also like to point out, and I know this is true. I know this is true. Uh, I don't, I, I, I will be targeted with these tax hikes, and I will not be getting any checks from the stimulus package. I will only speak for myself here. But um, I had the same attitude about this stuff when I wasn't in this tax bracket. I did. Uh-huh. I know I did. I remember talking about it. Yeah. I, I can explain my main reason for it is I want smaller government and less spending. If you if you have a narrow tax base, you're never going to get that under control. If you had everybody getting hit with a tax hike here soon, people would start saying, wait a second, why did my taxes go up? 
then they'd say, well, that $2 trillion, what did you spend it on? Or uh, you, you want to make it about Republican wars. They'd say, wait a second, why'd my taxes go up? Well, we're in Afghanistan for 20 years, and it's cost $2 trillion. Well, I don't think we should be there. All of a sudden, people would care about these issues and these programs if they were getting hit with the taxes. But if you make it only a narrow chunk at the top, 10% of people pay 70% of taxes. My question is always, if that's not enough, what is the correct number? Is that not the fair share? How much is fair? If 10% paying 70% is not fair, should it be 10% pays 80% or 90%? But anyway, if you've got 10% paying the bulk of it, Nobody nobody else cares about how the money is spent. You're never going to get people to pay attention about, to how money is spent. I think it's impossible to overstate how important that is. I think that would be such an enormous fundamental change. I think so many of the wrongs in this country would be righted if the tax base were expanded, which is why every bipartisan commission that's created says the same thing, broaden the tax base. Uh, but they never, ever do. So just a couple of quick thoughts. I'm looking at the uh, the point by point what the Biden administration wants to do and what taxes they want to raise. They want to raise the corporate tax rate from 28% to 21%. Uh, do you know what rent-seeking is? Rent-seeking. It's a, it's a kind of confusing economics term. It means begging for favors from the powerful, particularly the government. It means lobbying and and currying favor and and trying to be the chosen one. As opposed to being more productive and efficient, it's begging the king for a favor. So once you know that, a couple of quotes uh, from George Will. We've been doing freedom-loving quotes of the day this week from uh, George Will. And uh, and, and a couple are apropos. Uh, Big government inevitably drives an upward distribution of wealth to those whose wealth, confidence, and sophistication enable them to manipulate government. So they're going to raise the corporate tax rate from 28 to 21%. I'm sorry, to 28 from 21%. George Will also said, corporations do not pay taxes. They collect them, passing the burden to consumers as a cost of production. And corporate taxation is a feast of rent-seeking, a cornucopia of credits, exemptions, and other subsidies conferred by the political class on favored and grateful corporations. You see, they have buildings full of accountants and lobbyists, and they end up passing all that cost on to you as a worker and as a consumer. But to the extent that they do have to buckle down and pay it, it makes them less likely to do business in the United States. Raising corporate taxes to a high rate, a punishing rate, is a screw job for Americans. It's a... A corporation doesn't exist, really. It's a collection of people. Corporations are people. people. Remember when Mitt Romney got got beat up pretty good for saying that when he was running for president. Corporations are people, my friend. Yeah. They end up passing it on to you. Uh, They're also going to pare back tax preferences for so-called pass-through businesses. That's America's small businesses. So they're going to stick it to your, uh, your small business person. Uh, expanding the estate tax, the so-called death tax, and raising the income tax rate on individuals earning more than $400,000. I remember, again, for bona fides, uh, for a uh, low-tax uh, small government guy, I was a freshman in high school. I remember Mr. Rice, who was the uh, history-slash-government teacher, explaining what a progressive tax code was. And I thought I understood in that, yeah, if everybody pays 10%, somebody who makes more money pays more. Of course they do. And he explained, no, 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 no. The more money you make, the higher percentage you pay. 
And I thought, as a working class wearing hand-me-down clothes, 14-year-old, I thought, wow, that's unfair. That's crazy. A percentage takes care of that. So, you know, you believe what you want to believe. I believe in low taxes, smaller government, and I think this is just a way to route more money through Democrat cronies and and those who bribe for favors. Well, we'll see how it polls. You know, the stimulus package polled at 75% approval. Uh, The tax uh, hike might poll very well also. So we'll, well see well, when I know, it's, when I it's know released. I it'll poll well. It's terrible policy, but it'll poll well because they've figured out how to spin it. And I've maintained this for a long time, and I'm seeing it get more and more true. Those who would game self-government have gotten so good at gaming it, they're going to ruin it. This experiment is is nearing its awful end. Goodbye, sweet America. Because the scammers have gotten too good at it. They know how to manipulate public opinion. Their tools are too powerful. Their skills are too high now. I just, I'm, I'm not optimistic. Um, LA Times with a column today. Why do so many Mexican Americans defend Speedy Gonzalez? Maybe we'll get to that later. That's another one of those white people telling Hispanics what they should be upset about or what they should do. Like you should say Latinx, even though you don't like it, you should say it. I think it's important. Um, it's the anniversary. Oh, no, the guy who created the um, um, one of the biggest changes in the history of wine. So this might be of interest to you, Joe. Did you hear that he yes. died uh, yesterday? Stephen Spurrier? Invented I the cork. Not know that. Invented the cork, and before that, the wine just rolled out of the bottle. Just spilled everywhere. You yeah, put it in the rack, it and it just... Everywhere you want. That's right. Now, he arranged what became became called the Judgment of Paris. I didn't realize there's been a major motion picture made about this and a couple of documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. It was back in, uh, back in the day, many years ago. So um, he was the guy. Yeah, I've seen that documentary, but uh, I'd forgotten his name. He's the guy that put it together, believing that California wines could compete with French wines. And there in Paris, they put together the, uh, the competition. And the, as actually reading the, um, the article in the New York Times last night is pretty funny. The French judges were so contemptuous of California wines at that time, wines from Napa, that they were uh, they were doing the blind taste and saying, oh, well, it's good to be back in France, I'll tell you that. And they taste one and, oh, we, uh, that one's definitely California. Oh, my gosh, that has no nose whatsoever. And they got them all completely wrong. California just whooped the ass of the... Uh, the French wines, and that's what launched Napa to the worldwide status that it has changed everything around the world practically immediately. Talking about all the wineries in Napa, the phones started ringing off the hook, all the movers and shakers from around the world wanting to buy their wine. Uh, a great fictionalized uh, movie about that called Bottle Shock. Love that movie. Very Bottle good. Shock, yeah, yeah, mentioned that movie. Yep, yep, enjoyed that very much. Chateau f- Montalena, the what Chardonnay. What a funny Delicious. thing to do, though. You wouldn't think you'd enter into that competition. I guess they were so sure of themselves. Oh, yeah. Well, the wine was that good. No, no, I mean the French. I can't believe the French entered oh. into that sort of thing. Where you, you ever you, met a Frenchman? It's like you know when you're, uh, it's like when you're in the lead, you don't debate your opponent. You know that sort of thing. They they were just so confident. Well, nothing can touch us. So yeah, sure, we'll do a blind taste test with anybody. Didn't yeah. work out. Well, that's what hubris is. That's what haughtiness is. Pride goeth before the fall, Jack. That's in the Bible. It's Some, a good book. An important lesson on this. The Saint, Bible. Saint Patrick's Day. Don't you start with your cultural appropriation. It's a culture, not a costume. I'm wearing my lucky green shirt. It says right on it, my lucky green shirt. 
What did um, that cost you, that that T-shirt? I uh, bought it at Walmart, and it's the night before St. Patrick's Day. Right? They got to get rid of them. I think it was $4. <laughs> I'm wearing a $4 shirt. You should be paying more taxes <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, any more details in that shooting in uh, Atlanta? We'll bring them to you. And any of the other news, um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, made the rounds yesterday. He was on The View. He was on Jake Tapper. He was on... Uh, QVC, he was on every channel that exists talking about a variety of things. He now admits he's going to be recalled, which is kind of hilarious. Oh, uh, an advance in the Governor Cuomo story. He's a bigger scumbag than you even thought. Wow. Those details on the way also. Armstrong and Getty. workplace. In fact, outside of Joe and I, I don't think I've seen a single person that's wearing green today. If you're not wearing green, you're a racist. If you are, it's cultural appropriation. It's colonization. Let's have a little esprit de corps around here, people. Try to have fun with your life, huh? We're all gonna die. Then he speaks French on my day? Esprit de corps? Listen to you. I don't... Does your, does your hate speech know no bounds? I don't waste my fun at work. I save my fun for after work. <laughs> If you're trying to have a good time, just come no matter what. Exactly. Spring breakers know it. (laughs) If you're trying to have a good time, just come no matter what. HBO says they know who Q is. Tell you about that in a second. Sean, I brought in your eggs. Oh, excellent. Give them to me. Here they are. Here's a dozen. Jack's running an in vitro fertilization clinic out of his uh, garage. I'm I'm probably breaking five California laws by doing this. This is all a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, there are no eggs here. I didn't actually bring him. Tw- Why are you shaking them? Making like sure they're good. See if there's candy in there. How did what? Did you, it's not like thumping a melon. You sure you about that? You shake eggs and listen. What are you here? What are you listening for? Thump my melons. The next hit single from Cardi B. Stay tuned. <laughs> These look excellent, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, and they are a different color than the eggs in the store. Why are the eggs in the store a completely different color than the eggs you get from your chickens at home? I don't know the answer to that. And by the way... Can you get chickens that lay eggs like the ones in the White eggs? I don't know. I haven't seen any. Um, Some sort of white egg supremacist over here. And also, also, uh, eggs in a store have been there most likely at least a month ago they were laid by the time they reach your store. Eggs eggs keep a really, really long time. You know, I'm guessing, and maybe this is somewhere in the dark recesses of my foggy, booze-soaked memory... Uh, I I learned this, but I'll bet there was some poll or some uh, survey back in the 60s or something, and uh, consumers tended to like lighter colored eggs. Probably. And so farmers learned to, uh, I don't know, crossbreed the chickens or something we, like that. We probably got, I don't know how many chickens we got. We got them running around all over the place. 10, 20, 30, I don't know. It's exciting. Uh-huh. We have a lot of chickens, but we have eggs everywhere, and our dogs are getting so fat because they're constantly <laughs> finding eggs around the yard, and then they eat them, and you just can't eat straight they eggs. They just them like Rocky. Yeah, they're like Rocky in the first Rocky. <laughs> And they're, uh, the Big Z, the dog, is just fat, but his coat is shiny. If you ever went out there and they're frying them in a pan, that'd be weird. <laughs> um, so HBO claims they know who Q is, and it's not that big a surprise. They've got a six-part docu-series coming up starting this weekend, which sounds pretty darn interesting. As, as long as it's reasonably even-handed. 
Yeah, I have a little worry about it, but I can't tell because this interviewer, or I mean, the person who reviewed it, you know, they have their own point of view, too. So I don't I haven't seen the actual show uh, shot over the past three years. So they were working on this documentary long before what happened at the Capitol on January 6th occurred. Shot over the past three years, Cullen Hoback's excellent cue into the storm is a complex story about free speech, social media, anti-establishment fury, white nationalist intolerance, crackpot fantasy, and anarchist villainy. Anyway, Q is this guy, Ron Watkins, who started 8chan, or actually his dad bought it and kind of started, but Ron turned it into what it became. And then he started putting out these uh, Q drops, this Q information, and it just got out of hand. Like a lot of us had kind of suspected, and I believe we've stated on this show, it was really just kind of a prank that got out of, out of control that went awry and really awry. And then at the end of it, he said, oh, uh, let's stop paying attention to Q. Anyway, the end. Prank gone awry is exactly how they describe it here. The docuseries dives headfirst into what appears to be a prank gone awry with Q metastasizing from an online lark to a feedback loop crusade embraced by nihilistic loons and promoted by anti-democratic right-wingers. Yeah, I'm trying to find that final tweet. I remember he tweeted as the Capitol was being stormed something like, hey, I think it's time for everybody to go home. This has been interesting. Let's go back to our communities. Let's remember to be peaceful. It, it really seemed like a guy trying to, you know, spray a, a fire extinguisher on a kitchen fire that he had started. And people were saying, I think it's this guy. Well, when he, right. when he took it to the point that the world is being run by baby eating pedophiles, you, he probably thought, yeah, people won't buy that. But they did. A lot yeah. of people oh. did. Right. Beware the beast you create. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. your take on Megan Marco uh, now saying she uh, meeting with Democrat operatives she may want to run for president well I hope that happens because uh, if that happened then I'd be, I think I'd have a, an even stronger feeling toward running I'm not a fan of hers uh, I think that what she talks about the royal family and the queen I happen to think I know the queen as you know I've met with the queen and I think the queen yes. is a tremendous person and I am not a fan of Megan Oh, see, you see, other former presidents never weigh in on pop culture stories like this. You don't know what Jimmy Carter thinks about uh, these things. That's what we need more of, huh? Jiminy, Trump a- answering whether Meghan Markle will run for president. Well, he was asked. What was he supposed to do? No comment? You know I requested that clip. Now I regret it. So, uh, people, uh, a number of you are getting checks. Uh, money just showing up in your account. We got a coworker here who says $7,000 has showed up in their account. Wow. I suppose because married with kids, you combine a bunch of things and you get $7,000 so far. Hey, by the way, hit us with the, how, how much money you've shown up in your account. Have you gotten a, gotten the check or the, the, the direct deposit? Text line 415-295-KFTC. What does Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, say you should do with that money? And his advice is really good. It's one of the reasons he's not as uh, more popular than he is. Because his advice is always just really good and solid and not like jazzy and quick get rich quick schemes. Investing in GameStop. 
GameStop. Oh, and the GameStop people, the people that ran up the GameStop stock, have got a new target, and it's gorillas. Uh, the, the, the the apes? The, the beast. <laughs> They're so going st- to bid up gorillas. So stay tuned. All right. Wow, that's crazy. I assume Warren Buffett uh, said uh, jet ski and some blow. Jet ski and, uh, yeah, and then go to strip clubs. Make it rain. Right. It's the only well, chance you're, you're ever going to have to make it rain. If you're trying to have a good time, just come however. If you're trying to have a good time, just come no matter what. Yes, just come no matter what. Exactly. Uh, a couple of quick stories here worth uh, reporting and or repeating. Mentioned this late in the show yesterday. San Diego County judge issued a temporary restraining order blocking the state of California from enforcing a wide swath of rules that were making it impossible for schools to open. The judge says the state has denied children their right to an education by forcing many to stay in online learning. Let's hope that goes quickly upward through the court system. And and that sort of lawsuit is heard from uh, coast to coast, all points in between. I'll say it one time quickly, because if you've heard me say it, you're tired of it. But stop giving schools for credit for reopening when they're not reopening. Quit. I can't tell you how many times I've heard about the L.A. schools or schools locally with me. They reopened. Good news. No, they haven't. What have they done, really? They're opening a couple of days a week for a couple of hours. That's not reopening. It's the opposite of reopening. And in the one instance you pointed out, they're prevented from teaching anything. They're not even allowed to teach because it would be unfair to the kids at home who aren't there. So let's just teach no one. Right. Exactly. How effed up can something get? Public education, unbelievable. And And the coverage of it. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's shameless. Well, it's incompetent and ideologically biased, but... According to, uh, let's see, Bradford Betts wrote this story. Multiple California school districts have discussed using state and federal COVID relief money to hand out bonuses for teachers and staff, with one district's union even reportedly proposing the money be used for a trip to Hawaii. So you, 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 schools were closed, but you get bonuses. Although if you're a teacher trying to make it work, I've heard it's pretty damn difficult. Of course, it's difficult for the parents, too. Did they get a bonus? Did the parents get a bonus? Because I tried to do the online thing. It's a lot of work. There's a Facebook group called Reopen California Schools run by Jonathan Zacharyson, uh, Clovis Unified School District in Fresno County reportedly discussed using federal and state relief funds to give employees a one-time payment to employees, given the extraordinary effort required of every employee over the course of the pandemic. Uh, they're talking about uh, bonuses as high as $6,000 per employee, not using the money for students, not using it for education or keeping classrooms safe, even though they're already safe. Uh, the Dublin Teachers Association in the Bay Area, California, proposed its teachers get a one-time $2,500 bonus uh, with state and federal aid to be used for other, other things, an airplane trip to Hawaii when the pandemic is over. Uh, let's see, uh, the union said, well, all right, so you get the idea, just utterly corrupt. I bet a lot of parents and, would like a vacation to Hawaii after uh, teaching their kids, multiple kids online and trying to keep them uh, going for the last year. Right, how about that? Government employees going to take all sorts of windfall future tax money being handed out and serve not the, uh, you know, the people they're supposed to serve, but serving themselves. Well, one, Boy, of the reasons, shocking. one of the reasons they can do that is because they don't need it to reopen. There's right. nothing to spend it on. Right. And even if there were, they had $50 billion sitting in the, the kitty. So, yeah, they're, they're trying desperately to figure out what the hell do we spend this money on? There's no COVID-related stuff to spend it on. It's a good point. Thanks and for I wonder- taking my money, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> that's that's America's children and grandchildren right there. <laughs> that's one coarse little girl. <laughs> well, she's talking tough to authority, and you can't take it. Look at lily-livered, pencil-necked. Listen, look at you, quaking in fear at the outrage of the young. Shrinking violet. <laughs> yeah, I left that one out. <laughs> Uh, you got weak grip strength, folks. Oh, oh man. I can't oh, hold the pencil. <laughs> and how about this in Portland Monday? Black community leaders joining Portland Mayor Ted Weasel, some pronounce it Wheeler, uh, and the deputy police chief, the sheriff, the state's acting top federal prosecutor, saying the people burning and looting are not civil rights demonstrators. They're... Well, they, they use big, pretty words. The misguided, miseducated anarchists rejecting civility and instead intentionally creating mayhem through criminally destructive behavior, blah, blah, blah. You're hurting black people. You're not helping. We need peacekeepers and peacemakers, which is what we've been saying for months and months and months. As the mainstream drive-by dopes in the media have been saying, uh, civil rights protesters uh, protesting against police brutality burnt down the federal courthouse again and shined lasers in the eyes of uh, federal troops or, or local cops trying to blind them for the rest of their lives because they're against police brutality. And we've been screaming, these are anarchists. This is Antifa. This is black bloc. And so finally... Black community mm. leaders and the leadership of Portland and Oregon are saying, yeah, that's exactly what it is. They finally admitted it. And they've also... We have some breaking news when you have time. Breaking news. Breaking, well, I was going to say they also are beginning to kettle people, which means if it's an illegal assembly, a violent uh, assembly demonstration, they surround them, they arrest them all, and the local courts have upheld that. As we've been saying, you can't passive your way out of this Antifa thing. Jack, to you. Uh, no, I don't want Brandon the news donkey because it's, you know, a lot of people are dead and it's just, but so, uh, so when I heard the story break last night, when I heard a guy shot up a bunch of massage parlors and killed eight people, my very first thought was he's some sort of sexual weirdo who, who turned on women he thought were his girlfriends or he's angry that he, whatever, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a sex thing. Um, uh, the fact that they were Asian is because for awful reasons, the sex workers in those places tend to be Asian. It's got a lot to do with human trafficking and, uh, you know, the, you come to this country and then they take advantage of you and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's horrible. They turn you into a prostitute. Yeah. We, yeah exactly. we, it's indentured servitude. We've talked about it for years. It's terrible. I don't understand why it doesn't get more attention. Um, and then I just saw a headline now. I, I, the, I missed the publication. I think it was the New York Post that said, um, violence against Asian continues, the latest being, Violence against Asians continues, the latest being uh, Asians being shot in Atlanta last night. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, that they were Asians and they were shot. But there's well, six no, of the eight victims are two or white. And there's no indication whatsoever that it had anything to do with them being Asian. We don't know that yet. Okay, the Miami Herald out with the breaking news. The sheriff, finally. Suspect in massage parlor shooting that left eight dead frequented the parlors. They were those sex joints, like I guessed, and has a potential sex addiction. That's what the story is. So it's okay. not uh, because he believed, uh, because Trump told him the coronavirus came from China and you should go hurt Asians like the media would like you to believe. 
Well, that's the narrative over and over again. Mention the New York Times. They stooped so low as to quote a man on the street wondering whether it was because, well, Trump blamed the Chinese for the coronavirus. He called so, it the China virus. So, so their, their writer felt like, I, I'm not going to say that. Why don't I get some guy to say it? Joe Scarborough said this morning, and with a lot of politicians, and he meant Trump, um, scapegoating Asians for the coronavirus, I don't recall anybody doing that. No. China, yes, but and if you extrapolate from blaming China for this to Asians, well, then you're a crazy person. There's nothing I can do about that. Well, and that forbids criticizing the Chinese communist government, because what if I uh, criticize them for uh, slavery? Does that mean I'm condoning violence against Asians? Anyway, I thought that was a weird thing to say. With a lot of politicians scapegoating Asians, I don't recall anybody doing that ever. And then tying that into that shooting, which, like I said, to me, at first blush, looked like some sort of sexual weirdo. Yeah. Who's well, angry we'll that wait. he had to go to massage parlors. Unlike the mainstream media, we'll wait till the facts emerge and not try to build some sort of political movement based on a, a guess. Yeah, but that is a quote from the sheriff who believes the guy had some sort of sex addiction, and that's the issue with the story. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. 21-year-old dude, how screwed up. Uh, man, oh, my God. Uh, I know, and you look at the picture, and he looks exactly like the kind of guy that would do that, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah just messed up. Uh, so you're going to get a check, I hope. Uh, and if you get a check, what should you do with the money? Well, one of the smartest investors in the history of the world has advice for you. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One more thing on that shooting. Why was no news organization willing to state that those were, you know, the kind of massage parlors that are basically a whorehouse? Why was no willing to, one willing to say that? That was the first thing I thought. And uh, I hadn't seen pictures of them, but somebody texted. I just saw photos of the Atlanta spas. Vegas strip clubs have less neon and garish exterior, and they're open all night long. If you're open all night long and you got that kind of lighting, you're a whorehouse. That's what those yeah. places are. 24 hours is kind of an indicator. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, they exist in every city in America. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. So break- third shift workers don't deserve a massage when they're all knotted up. It's not breaking news <laughs> that there are Asian massage parlors that are whorehouses in every city in America. Why did no news outlet even hint toward the fact that that's what was going on there? It used to be that journalists had an enthusiasm for uncovering the truth and giving it to you. And they might have biases and all, but they <clears throat> they tried not to make them too obvious. Their enthusiasm right now is for communicating certain narratives and ideas. And so they heard Asian people dead and thought, oh, oh, oh I want to talk about white supremacy and how white people are bad. Well, I get that. And so that's, that's what they made the story about. That's been in the news. And if you sent me to cover it, I would uh, have my eye on that story. But I'd also asked anybody next I, door, the Carl's Jr. or the liquor store. So is this a legit uh, massage parlor or is this a whorehouse? I think the concept of a reporter being sent to cover something just doesn't exist even in the same way the, it used to. Even for the New York Times, even for CBS News? Like most modern reporters that I'm aware of are at computers receiving yeah. updates and then regurgitating that stuff for their broadcast program. Okay. Right, rewriting it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm an overachiever, but even if I was doing it from here from my computer, I would I would look up what business is next door, call them and say, hey, is that a whorehouse? And to finish and, my and thought... And your competitor posted their story by that time. You Too lose. late. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. I've lost. 
Yes, you should have had a picture of a woman with larger breasts next to the story to click on. Um, to finish the thought, though, that would distract from the whole Trump fired people up against Asians, and this is the result narrative. If you were to point out that it's sex workers, that there's a sex trafficking angle, that no, that's not the important thing. The important thing is to fight against white supremacy by publishing this story, and we're not going to publish anything that would distract from that. So that's the modern reporter. So I want to get to Warren Buffett's advice for what you should do for your money, with your money that you're getting from the government, from this $2 million, I hate to call it the COVID relief package or whatever it is, because the vast majority of it is not. The part that's the checks, people really love. That's the only part that anybody's paying attention to. The part mm-hmm. that's remaking society, nobody's paying any attention to. Anyway, uh, we have a coworker who's ha- received $7,000 in his account uh, already. We got a whole bunch of texts from people. Received $2,800 in my account this morning. Um, here's another one. From the st- Trump stimulus number one, I got $3,921. Number two, I got $3,121. From Beijing Biden stimulus, I got $363. All based <laughs> off the same 2019 tax return married with four kids. So that's a total of what? Uh, about at $9,000. Here's somebody... Um, Biden signed the stimulus into law Thursday, March 12th. I received a direct deposit the next day, Friday at 146 for $2,800. I was stunned. How did they get nice. it going that fast? Today, I got a $9,800 check, this person says. In January, I got 3400 Last summer, I got 4200 Last month, I got $9,400. Wow. My salary is $28,000 a year with a family of seven. I pay zero federal income tax. Wow, they've I, almost doubled it through federal handouts. They said, I've, re- I've received almost the same as my annual pay from taxpayers for no reason at all. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you don't, and I'm sure this is Warren Buffett's advice anyway, if you don't buy a breeding pair of alpacas, you are a fool. Uh, my single adult daughter just got $4,200. Uh, we got $4,200. I got $4,200. We got a bunch of people that got $4,200. Oh, this person says, I got $4,200. That's 8400 jack-in-the-box tacos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you could triple your money by going down to the convenience store and buying $8,400 scratchers. Should have bought Bitcoin. Did you see that NFL player who demanded he be paid in Bitcoin? No. So... Uh- he converted half his salary into Bitcoin. I don't think the teams actually cut him a was, Bitcoin I thought check. that was part of his uh, his negotiation. What is he wanted six million of it in Bitcoin? Anyway, it's whatever. Early on, he got in a Bitcoin, and the six turned into thirty. Some extraordinary, oh, wow. extraordinary win. Wow. Um, but back to Warren Buffett and what he says you should do with your stimulus check, which is supposedly a fourteen hundred dollars stimulus check. Although everybody who's texted is getting significantly more than that. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Do you know how that works? If it's a $1,400 yeah, stimulus check, why is everybody getting 4000 or 8000 or 7000 or 9000 Kids. I guess. Warren or Buffett, there are two people in the house. It's, you know, it's a household thing. Gotcha. Warren Buffett, one of the world's richest men and one of the most successful investors in the history of investing, says whenever any extra money lands in your lap, the first move should be to pay off credit card debt. Wah, wah. Where's the sad trombone? There's no fun. There's nothing fun about paying off credit card debt. This is fun money. Though he says the world is in love with credit cards, they're too costly. If you owe money at 18% on a credit card, the first thing you do with any money is you pay that down. He says strongly opposed to carrying credit card balances at all, but if you can pay that down with your money, that's the smartest thing by far you can do. Because, you know, having an investment that's going to return 18% is pretty unlikely. So Mm -hmm. you can't do better 
in an investment than paying down your credit card ever, really, um, unless it's Bitcoin in the last year. He doesn't or feel those, that way. Those weird video things online that I don't understand. <laughs> he doesn't. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> Warren Buffett doesn't feel that way about all debt. He wouldn't advise you put fourteen hundred dollars payment toward your mortgage, though he could afford to pay cash. Buffett took out a thirty-year mortgage in nineteen seventy-one when he bought his vacation home in California. He called the thirty-year mortgage an incredibly attractive instrument for the homeowner. Yeah, if you can borrow at the rate that money is being loaned out now, you yeah. can do better in investment than that. So, but yeah, that, that, that's, you know, it is, it's not what you want to hear if you get a bunch, you know, several thousand dollars show up in your account and you're thinking, oh, wow, spring is here. I could get that jet ski or whatever it is you want to buy to pay down your credit card debt. But that is the smartest thing to do. Yeah, Judy and I were lucky because, you know, Lord knows I was dumb as a post when we got married in a lot of ways, financially speaking. But we both came from families that considered carrying a balance on a credit card extremely unwise. So we we came into the marriage thinking that. Yeah, I haven't had any credit card debt in many, many years. That's one thing I really try have tried to stay ahead of. Because they kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your money shrinks by 18% a month or whatever it is. And I'll, and I'll tell you what. I learned this with cars and all kinds of stuff. If you can do it, if you pay cash for things, you will spend differently. You will get the cheaper one if you pay cash for it. It's just something about the way your mind works. Well, and, and businesses know that. Oh, speaking of things businesses know and should know during hour number three, more on how entangled major American corporations are with China and how hard it's going to be to untangle from that slave-holding country. Yeah, we've been talking about is uh, the the break with Hollywood and China about to happen. The NBA is absolutely going to have to happen. At some point, I think every business. Yeah, that's going to be pretty disruptive in a lot of ways, but man, it's it's even worse than I thought. So we'll elaborate on that. Any more details on that shooting? We will bring them to you. Armstrong and Getty.